en hartelike goeiemorgen, welkom by ons program Skrifteerlik, waar ons wekelijk saam na oplossing soek uit die skrifte, vervra waarmee gewone mense sikkel. Die Bijbel sê in Johannes 17, 17, die woord is waarheid, heilig hulle na die woord, en Psalm 119, sê, die woord is een lamp vir my voete en een licht vir my pad. Kom dan saam met ons vir die volgende uur, wanneer ons geen steen onaangeraak laat, om die waarheid te vind en licht te skyn op die vraag uit die skrifte, waarmee ek en jy moendlik kan worstel nie. Kry dus gauw jou bybel en kom onderzoek saam met ons die skrifte. Dis moes nou skrifteerlik. From your ear, to your heart, to your mouth, to your feet. Join this life on 657 AM. That's where you tune to and a warm-hearted good morning greeting you from God's footstool. Trust to find you well that you can really and truly say God's mercy is fresh and new with each new daybreak. It's just gone 6 o'clock. Did I say 6? I meant 6 minutes after 11 o'clock and a warm-hearted good morning. Thank you so much. Bye, thank you that you hierdie program gekies het om na te luister. Skrifteerlik, die program waar ons del van die woord van die Heere, op soek na antwoorde, levensvraag, dinge waarmee ons sikkel in hierdie wereld. En baie keer, dan sê iemand ergens, staan daar nie in die woord van die Heere nie. Iemand het nou dag gesê, die, die woord van die Heere moet sê ons nie, die Heere help net die wat bereid is om hulle self te help. No, that is not scriptural. You won't find that in God's word. So, very important. It's good to listen to Rocky and Weinand and radio pulpit, but ultimately the responsibility lies with you and I to search the scriptures to see if these things are so. With me, as uh, always on a Tuesday morning, Pastor Rocky Stevenson, always all the way from Benoni Bible Church. Uh, Rocky, good morning to you. How are you keeping, my brother? Good morning. So good to be here. Thank you, Vaynant. Wonderful, and I see you've brought the young guys with this morning. How important is it that uh, we bring these young gentlemen with us so that they can learn um, about God's Word and the importance of God's Word. Yeah, you didn't actually scare them off last week well enough. I ah, think they, so you brought them again. They they're suckers, brave. Real suckers for punishment. For punishment. <laughs> <laughs> right, uh, let's uh, do it uh, properly and say, Aiden, good morning to you. How are you keeping? I'm good in your uncle. Yeah, I'm well, son. Welcome in our studios. And uh, young Jason, how are you this morning? Very good in you, Uncle Ben. Yeah, I'm well, and thank you so much for joining us this morning. I believe we did speak to your mom and dad in the past. I had them on radio as well. And would you believe it? It runs in the generations. Yeah, you are on radio as well. Rocky, bring. thank you so much for bringing them this morning. And I just want to say to our listeners that we did pray for them, that uh, God would open your spiritual eyes and your spiritual ears that as you listen to this program this morning that the Lord would really through His Holy Spirit uh, just stir you and touch you and that you can walk away from this and say I've really learned something through God's Word not man's opinion but God's Word this morning. Rocky to start off with this morning Biblical Advice we invited them, we uh, said hi to them, here they are, they're sitting, <laughs> they trapped, they can't run any place else, uh, they're here, they have to listen. Mm. Just to kick off this program, advice for young people, advice for young men and women alike this morning. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually so impressed with these young guys, you know, they're on school holiday and they woke up early to come with me, so, you know, that's amazing. I'm sure there's some listeners that are wondering, you know, their their children are still in bed maybe. But um Or playing joy, games somewhere. <laughs> or playing games somewhere. Yeah. So it's lucky to have these these young guys with me. 
And um, last week we looked at a, a brief section of how does a young man keep his way pure. We yeah. looked at um, Psalm 119, verse 9 in particular, and that's by guarding it according to your word. And I, there's there's some good advice just to, you can look through the scriptures and there's so much that is there. But a couple of things that come to mind, and I'm sure things will come to your mind as well, as you think through, if you could go back in time and you could talk to yourself at 15 or 16 or 17 years old, what would you say? And one of the things that you learn through the scriptures is to not trust yourself. And we did touch on that last week, Proverbs 3 verse 5, trust in Yahweh with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. There's a way that seems right in a man's eyes, but its end is destruction, the scriptures tell us. And if you go your own way instead of going God's way, it's a sure means towards a a real crushing time. All right. want to ask you this. Here they are in studio. Uh, sometimes at their age, they feel we Bible bash them when we read a scripture. Say, son, come here. I want to read this scripture to you. How do we convey this message to, to young guys their age? Yeah, I think um, they, it, it's helpful to help them to or ask questions and say, well, what do you see in the world around you? All right. What are you seeing regarding when people go their own way? All right. And and then also just reminding them of the fact that they themselves know that they've at times gone their own way and it's not let, landed them up in a good position at all. I do think that sometimes people will use the terminology of, oh, don't preach to me or don't Bible bash me. But when God is doing a work in a young person's heart, they actually want the scriptures. They they want to turn towards the Lord and they they love God's word and they turn toward him when there's been that movement within the heart. And so indeed the Lord does a work, but there is also that responsibility of, of wanting to draw near to God and yeah. wanting to draw near to what his word teaches. And um, last week I I mentioned as well the the desperate need that there is to flee temptation. And that's something that as you study God's word, you come across young men like Joseph. And you come across young men like Daniel and Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego. You come across these young men like Josiah, who at eight years old became king. And you see that God raises young men at times to to really... um, to worship him to and to steadfast. serve him and to be steadfast in yeah. even this generation. You think of somebody even like Samuel, who God raised up in the place of Eli and Hophni and Phineas, and how God calls to Samuel and Samuel serves the Lord faithfully his whole life. You know, and you think through these men that God gives and you see that these were people of true character. Yeah. And and this is the encouragement towards these young brothers is to um to, to then also flee temptation. You think like Joseph who was a young, handsome man whose Potiphar, who Potiphar's wife was after. But there's so much temptation in today's world just at your fingertips. And so Second Timothy 2 verse 22, Timothy himself was seen as quite a young man compared to Paul, although he was likely in his 30s. And Paul says this to him. He says, now flee from youthful lusts and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace with those who call on the Lord from a pure heart. And then you think about pursuing faithfulness like what you see even there from what Paul says to Timothy is to strive towards being somebody that is faithful to the Lord, putting one foot in front of the other one, just you know, the, having your life be a culmination of decisions that you make while yeah. consulting the Word of God, looking to older, wiser saints for advice and right. seeking to, to do this. So Second mm-hmm. Timothy 4 verse 7, I have fought the good fight. This is Paul speaking. I have finished the course. 
I have kept the faith. And to have that kind of a goal, what am I going to be like one day when I actually breathe my last? And it, we don't actually have our time in our own hands. No, the Lord don't. knows when it is that we will go to be with him. Somebody like Robert Murray McShane. And I, I remember a question at some time. Somebody was asking for a reading plan, I think a few weeks back. And Robert Murray McShane came with a, a wonderful Bible reading plan. You could search for it online. And he died at 29 years old. After only seven years of pastoral ministry, wow. he got TB and died, and yet he left such a, a lasting impact a upon the yeah. church. And yeah. I mean, somebody else that's probably played many times on Radio Pulpit is Keith Green. Oh and yes, Keith Green died in an airplane accident at 29 as well. Yeah. You know, these men died at, at a young age, yet they had such an impact on the world because they sought after the Lord. I think one of the other aspects that I'm not seeing so much of in our day, which I long to see more of in young people, is to be decided. You know, to be decided. I'm I'm gonna be decided to follow Jesus. You actually make a decision yeah. and you go, I'm gonna stick to that and I'm gonna have integrity to do what the Lord has called me to do. Second Peter three, verse seventeen to eighteen says, You therefore, beloved, knowing this beforehand, be on your guard, lest you, having been carried away by the error of un principled men fall from your own steadfastness so there needs to be that guardedness and then it says but grow in the grace and knowledge of our lord and savior jesus christ to him be the glory both now and in the day of eternity amen and then just two more um, thoughts that come to mind regarding just being young men seeking to honor the lord one of them and this is a often repeated phrase within the scriptures and this is something that god said over and over to somebody named Joshua, be strong and courageous. And the New Testament even says this, act like men. (laughs) They act like men. Today in our world, and I think this is a pressure on these young men with us here, and I'm sure maybe we could ask them what the the kind of pressure is, but it's almost as though you are emasculated in this world. You're you're told you can't actually be a man, that you can't behave like a man, that you can't talk like a man, that you can't walk like a man. You need to be something other than a man. And God has made you to be men. And you remember Joshua and Caleb in that generation, they were guys that stood steadfast in faith. When when they went as the part of the 12 spies into the land of Canaan, they said, well, God has told us that this is going to be the land. That yeah. he is giving us. Let's yeah. go. The rest yeah. of the guys were saying, we like grasshoppers. Yeah. And you remember when Caleb was 80 years old and they come into the land, only Joshua and Caleb out of that whole adult generation yeah, were allowed to actually go were allowed to go through yeah. into the promised land. Yeah. And Caleb says, give me the place with the giants. I want right. to go slay those giants. <laughs> I mean, there's an, there's an 80-year-old that's yeah. on fire and in vigor. Which started at a very young age. Exactly. From mm. a young age, he was decided and he was courageous. And, right. and Joshua himself as well, toward the end of his life, and this is a sad reality, they get into the land and they receive... You know, land that they didn't plow, mm. they didn't sow, they didn't received build, vineyards, yeah. they received houses. God gives them so much, and they receive this peace. And at the end of their life, or at the end of Joshua's life, he says, you know, as for me and my household, yeah. we're going to serve the Lord. But many of the people of Israel went and sat under their own tree, and they did what was right in their own eyes. Yeah. So Terrible. even at the end of Joshua's life, he sees this new generation having received so much from the Lord, but forgetting the Lord. And that's mm. where we have 400 years in the book of uh, Judges, yeah. where the people of Israel turn after idols. Oh. You know, and so be strong, be courageous, 
there need to be Joshua's and Caleb's in this generation. Oh, right. There right. needs to be Daniel's, Shadrach, Meshach's, Abednego's. There needs to be jo- Joseph's. There needs to be David's or Jonathan's. Mm. I mean, who can Aidan's and Jason's. There needs to be Aidan's and Jason's mm. in this generation. Or somebody like a Stephen. Remember, yeah. he was another young man yeah. that was willing to go and preach even when it meant him being stoned yeah. for the faith that he stood in. And Timothy, who was often known as Timid Timothy, but that was a man who stood. He stood yeah. even with the Apostle Paul right at it, the end of decided. his life. Yeah. Decided, you mm-hmm. know. And then I think the last point that I would want to really emphasize to these guys is make Jesus your treasure. And any young listeners, any parents that are listening with their children, make Jesus your treasure. You know, where your heart is, that's where your treasure is, that's where your heart is. Yeah. And Matthew 13, verse 44 to 46 says, The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in the field, which a man found and hid again, and from joy over it, he goes and sells all that he has so that he can buy the field. Why? Because he wants that treasure. Yeah. Yeah. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant seeking fine pearls. And upon finding one pearl of great value, he went and sold all that he had and bought it. We must realize that the Lord Jesus is the great treasure of heaven. Having Jesus is having all of the blessings of the heavenly places. That's Ephesians 1, 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. When you have Jesus, you have the greatest treasure. Right. And so for, for you young guys, you know, pursue the Lord Jesus. Make him known in your life. To seek to love him, to know him, to know what the scripture says about him. Oh. And as you do this, as he's treasured by you, you start to live a life that is in honor of God the Father. Let's make it practical. Jason Aiden, we'll continue with the scriptural in a moment. He's quoted a lot of scripture. He's giving you some life-sustaining advice. Jason, what goes through your mind when you listen to Pastor Rocky? Well, um, first of all, uh, whenever I listen to Pastor Rocky, I get this deep understanding of what the scriptures actually mean. Are you um, decided, son? Yes, I am. You are, for sure. Yes. How old are you now? I'm turning 17. 17. Yeah. One of these days. 18. Decided for the Lord Jesus Christ. Yes. Steadfast? Yes. Aiden, how old are you? Uh, I'm 15. 15. Decided for the Lord. What happens in your mind, Aiden, when you listen to Pastor Rocky? Well, it's really nice to hear from someone who's further in their journey with the Lord and who can set a really good example of what it means to be a Christian. So you're watching him like a hawk, aren't you? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Somebody's always watching you as well and listening to you as well, especially you young guys who are decided for the Lord Jesus Christ. It's hard out there, isn't it? It is. It is. He shakes his head. He says, yes, it is. Pastor Rocky, so important in conclusion of this uh, that we as older guys are spiritual fathers unto the younger generation to, because they're watching us, isn't it? Definitely, definitely. Yeah. And I think that that's something to encourage brothers that are listening um, now and maybe to the podcast later. When you're at the local church that you worship at, look out for younger men that you can seek to disciple, that yeah. you can imprint some of life to them there's times where you have made mistakes as well that they don't need to make because you've made that mistake but they won't know that you've made that mistake unless you actually have a relationship where you can tell them yeah where you can speak to them where you can have moments where you're honest and open and where you can encourage them towards turning toward christ earlier 
in their own ex- in their own life and learning some of the lessons that you yourself have learned. Many times, yeah. the, they will learn even more from some of the things that you're most disappointed about yeah, in yourself, yeah, yeah. and you can give them that. And that's what discipleship really is. And I think we've lost some of that in our world today. Yeah. We think that we'll only speak when we've got a massive audience that's listening. But what we really need to be doing is one-on-one, life-to-life kind of a transfer. Yeah. And so important, we as dads, we as mums need to take up that call. And uh, remember what young uh, Aiden and Jason both said, uh, we're following the example. We're watching you like a hawk. Somebody's listening. Somebody's watching. Uh, and be careful of mm. your thoughts, mm. your actions, your deeds. Indeed. The uh, program, Scriptural, Skriftierlik, tot en met 12 uur vanmiddag. Die nummer, as jy een vraag wil deerstuur, Christienke, ek sien jou vraag. Baie dankie, she's got a very interesting question about the burnout. If you're a counselor, well, she calls herself a bemoediger. Uh, Christine, excuse, ek hang nou hier die kaartje om jou nek, a bemoediger. Uh, a comforter, somebody who, who comforts others. And then she says, what if the comforter becomes burnout? How do I handle that? Does God's word have advice for me? Somebody else, uh, that uh, uh, another question that we uh, received is, Rocky, how do you eliminate any bad thoughts? Any bad thoughts from your mind or create a good habit of speaking uh, with life and not with criticism? Uh, is is it even possible? How do we use God's word to guide us in, in, in this process, in this question? you have an answer for it? Yeah, um, I think a passage like Ephesians 4 verse 23 comes to mind, which says, If indeed you heard him and were taught in him, just as the truth is in Jesus, to lay aside in reference to your former conduct the old man. So there's the putting off of the old man, which has been corrupted in accordance with the lusts of deceit, and to renew the spirit of your mind. So there's that middle point, renew the spirit of your mind, and to put on the new man, which is in the likeness of God, and has been created in righteousness and holiness and of the truth. And so you have this three-phase command, put off, renew the spirit of the mind, and put on. Now, there is a big if in verse 21, which says, if indeed you heard him and were taught in him. So there's the if. When you are in the Lord Jesus Christ, and that's the first step really to this kind of a process, if you are found in Christ, this is where this starts. This whole process begins. You must be born again if you are to actually put off wrong thinking and put on right thinking. You can't actually just have a moralistic view of, okay, well, I'm just not going to think something bad today. I'm going to think something good. You can think as much good as you like and still go to hell. You must have that heart change that there needs to be that software change where you become a new creature. Mm, I want to bring that to the fore. I want to highlight what you have said. You said you must be born again. Many people are under the impression that they're born again when they're only religious. What's the difference? And and being religious is not something that makes you born again. You know, just as much as you could rev as much as you like with your mouth doesn't make you a motor vehicle. Sometimes people think if you're just born in a Christian home, then it makes you a Christian. But you could be born in a bakery and it doesn't make you a bread. You You need to have that heart change where there's a turning towards Christ. And when that has happened, there's been a repentance because it starts out with faith. 
you now believe what the Bible says about you, and you believe what the Bible says about Jesus, and yeah. you believe what the Bible says about Jesus' words. And so you start to, it starts off with that faith, but when you do believe what the Bible says, it shows you to be a sinner who is in need of a Savior, and Jesus is that Savior. And so it moves towards a repentant heart, and All that right. repentance is a repentance not just of the fact that you have sinned in your life, but also you repent of your dead works and of your self-righteousness, where you think that somehow you can be right with God by your own deeds and by your own things that you do. When somebody has come truly to Christ, they realize that they are absolutely hopeless and helpless apart from the work that Jesus does alone in us. There's a turning to the Lord then and a depending on him who recreates us. You, you become reformed in the sense of inside you are changed. And remember David's famous repentance psalm, Psalm 51. Oh, yes. This is what he says there in Psalm 51, verse 10 to 13. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Look at how he depends on the Lord to do this kind of a work. What this question really says to us. How do I take my thoughts captive? How do I change the way that I think? The psalmist looks to God and realizes God has to do this kind of work in us. He who begins a good work in us at salvation is the one that brings it about to completion. And then it says this, Do not cast me away from your presence, and do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation, and sustain me with a willing spirit. Then I will teach transgressors your ways, and sinners will be converted to you. Beautiful. And this is why this question is quite a, a well-phrased question, because the inner thought life starts to impact the talk life. Yeah. You, start to, you start to talk differently when you're thinking differently. And that's that verse 13 of Psalm 51. <laughs> then I will teach transgressors yeah. your ways, yeah. and sinners will be converted to you. There's mm -hmm. this gospel life that begins to be lived when you're taking thoughts captive, when you're making them bow mm. to Christ, when you're being renewed in the spirit of your mind. I heard somebody saying the other day, speak so that I can see you. you speak so that I can see you. I like that. Yeah. There's a marvelous progression that takes place. As we look back even at the passage in Ephesians that I mentioned, you got that, that putting off, the renewing of the spirit of your mind, and the putting on. And then listen to what Ephesians 4.25 says, which is right after that. It says, Therefore, laying aside falsehood, speak truth, each one of you, with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. That's the same progression that we saw in, in um, Psalm 51. There's now the speaking, and sinners are turned. And then it says this, Be angry, and, do, and yet do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger, and do not give the devil an opportunity. Now, that's in the context of this speaking. Yeah. What is happening from the mouth? Is it actually criticism that's always coming from your mouth, grumbling, complaining? What's Goal. coming from your mouth? Mm. Because what comes from the mouth starts to reveal what's actually really ruling the heart. Speak so I can see you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then it says, he who steals must no longer steal, but rather must labor performing with his own hands what is good so that he will have something to share with those who have need. Let no unwholesome word proceed from your mouth, but only such a word as is good for building up what is needed. In other words, that, and we see that in uh, 1 Corinthians with the love passage, yeah. love builds up, it edifies, it builds up. So what am I saying? Is the words that I'm saying building up? Is it causing others to be built up or is it breaking them down? And then it says this, so that it will give grace to those who hear. You have received grace when you've been born again. Part of your job now as a Christian is to give grace in the way that you speak.
And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. And then it says this, Let all bitterness and anger and wrath and shouting and slander be put away from you, along with all malice. Instead, be kind to one another, tender-hearted, graciously forgiving one another, just as God in Christ also has graciously forgiven you. So your lips are the first place that is changed when there is a heart that is set on Christ. Speak so that I can see you. <laughs> so in short, a few just tips on this. When you're thinking about how to have your inner thought life changed so that your talk life can change, humble yourself under the mighty hand of the Lord. Turn toward the Lord. Allow him to change you. Be humble. You know, God gives grace to those that are humble, but he, yeah. he's, he actually breaks down those that are prideful. Secondly, repent of any known sin and seek to make right as best as you can, relying on the Lord to do this work in you. And that's an important point as well. I think that many times people will repent. They'll say, well, I've asked God forgiveness. But part of real repentance is seeking to make right as best as you humanly can. And you leave the result up to the Lord. And so you make right with those that you spoke badly to. You make right with those that you have hurt in the way that you've spoken. Because that's one of the wonderful ways of changing your speech. Yeah. Is actually recognizing to such a point that you're humble enough to go to somebody and say, please forgive me because I spoke in a way that was actually incorrect. And God is busy changing my heart. That makes a huge difference to those that you might have broken down in the past instead of lifted up. And then thirdly, control that which is in your power to control. And that's an important point. Control that which is in your power to control. Often we need to control the input and, and the input in particular of information, which will then help us to control the output. So what I mean by that is, what are you being entertained by? What are you looking at with your eyes? What are you hearing with your ears that is actually going into you so that you are impacted in your heart and then you start to have a mouth that's dirty mm. because you're entertained by things that are dirty? Control the things in your life that you have got the power to control. And Put, unlike a PC, we don't have a delete button. Exactly. You yeah. switch it off. Yeah. Turn your eyes. You can't help seeing certain things in life, but you can help looking at certain yeah. things. You can't help hearing, but you can help listening. And so control what you can control by God's help, and then God helps you with the output. You start to have a different way of speaking because you're no longer entertaining a certain way of listening. Then you put on um, the filter of Philippians 4 verse 8. You've heard about internet filters. Yeah. How about this? How about having a biblical filter that you apply to your life? And I would suggest that Philippians 4 verse 8 is that filter. It says this, finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is dignified, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence and if anything worthy of praise, consider these things. What should your mind be thinking about? Philippians 4 verse 8, kind of a filter. And then become active in your thinking instead of passive. Here's another massive point for the listener and those that have asked this kind of a question. How do I change my thought life? How do I change my talk life? Well, Become active in your thinking instead of passive. And what I mean by this is you speak to yourself instead of listening to yourself. You become active with this. And what do you speak to yourself? Speak the truth of God's word. Place your mind in the gospel gear as such. You know, I've, I've used this illustration before in a sermon and I think with different people. Oftentimes, if you've got a car 
that is on a hill, you need to have it in gear and you need to, even if you go for your licensing test, I know that right here near to where we are at um, Radio Pulpit, there's a, a little section here where they practice for their driving around just outside the parking lot here. And if you're on a hill and on an incline, you need to have clutch control and you need to stay in gear. And that's what it is very much for us in our lives. We're on a downward slope, and you need to keep it in gospel gear. Otherwise, you just naturally will roll downhill. That's what happens. That's how our thought life is. If you're not actively thinking on Christ and pursuing the scriptures and pursuing God's word, then you're going to go downhill. You need to be thinking the scripture. And scripture memorization seems to be something of a lost practice in today's consumeristic age we don't seem to make enough time for this but when you're memorizing scripture guess what's happening what are you thinking about you're thinking about the scriptures and then the scriptures begin to transform your inner being which then begins to transform your words it will reflect this heart as you speak another tip is to realize that this is a lifelong journey you know so praise god when you see progress when you see progress, that you're not thinking the negative thoughts that you were thinking so much anymore because God is working in you, then give thanks to the Lord. You're not going to be perfect in a moment. This is, you've got to realize that this is a journey of sanctification yeah. Yeah. in that sense. And then be a person of prayer. What's happening when you're praying? God's transforming your heart. You'll find that your inner life will be conformed more and more to Christ. And then what's going to be coming out of your mouth? It's what that's in your heart. And then just as a last tip, and this is from Philippians 2, verse 14 to 16, attack complaining and grumbling in your life. Be determined to be a person of thanksgiving. Listen to Philippians 2, verse 14 to 16. Do all things without grumbling or disputing. Other, other translations will say without grumbling or complaining. Think about what the people of Israel were doing in the wilderness as they wandered around. Grumbling, complaining. And then it says this, so that you will be blameless and innocent, children of God without blemish in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation among whom you shine as lights in the world holding fast to the word of life so that in the day of Christ I will have reason to boast because I did not run in vain nor labor in vain you shine as a light when your inner life is conformed to Christ and your lips begin to give him praise you shine as a light in this world so may the Lord help you in that journey of putting off renewing the spirit of the mind and putting on 25 minutes to 12 o'clock, the telephone number in studio. If you've got a question that you want us uh, to uh, search the scriptures with, you can send it to 082 En uh, jy wonder daar oor, baie welkom om jou vraagie vir ons in te stuur. Net een kantlijn opmerking, sit vir ons asjeblief die skrifgedeelte by, as jy dalk onduidelikheid het oor een sekere skrifgedeelte. Nou ja, Ikaza sê, ons moet ook muziek speel, Foresight Worship, they call themselves, a song called It Is You. As jy vraag het, nou is die tyd om om in te stuur, 082-657-2729. Sounds full of life on 657 AM. Skrifdeelik is waar jy ingeskakel is, hartelijk goeiemorgen, ons kan hier heers, heers 
heerlik saam, onderzoek die skrifte en kyk wat sê die woord van die Heere. Wanna keep this listener anonymous, saying can you please help me, in fact can you pray uh, she's asking in particular, Rocky and I want to uh, ask you about this, can you pray for me, can you pray with me, is there a difference scripturally, pray for me or pray with me, and then she says, I struggle with panic attacks, I struggle with panic attacks and uh, even falling into depression, does God's word have advice for me, is there a way out of this? Uh, how do we handle? Uh, because it's a it's a cry from the heart. Yeah. Uh, pray with me. Pray yes. for me. Yes. What do we do there? Yeah, we we um, definitely. If you think of when you are with an individual, you can pray with, and the person could pray themselves while you pray, and then you'd be praying with. But you can also pray for if you're not with that person, and we can definitely do that. Um, I would say that we are physical beings that, after the fall of Adam and Eve from the garden much brokenness has entered this world. Many times we don't operate at the level that we ought to operate. There's thorns, there's thistles, there's things that are difficult in this world, there's traumas that we undergo, there's traumas that are done to us. We are sinners ourselves, others are sinners. We live in a world that is so incredibly broken. And Jesus is the one that we are to come to. Matthew 11, verse 28 to 29, Jesus says this, Come to me. All who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. That is a promise of our Lord when we have come to him. And he says this, Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Now, when we look at that yoke, we might think that we're talking about the yoke of an egg. We don't live in a day where we are plowing and and going into the field. But a farmer would understand what a yoke is. And a farmer would probably know what it was like to hook up a tractor with plowing instruments. But in this day, the strength of the ox really brought in the harvest. And they would put... Um, two oxes together generally it would generally be an ox that was stronger than the younger ox that still needed to learn how to pull the the burden and they would yoke these oxen with this yoke that would pull that which would harvest and that which would um, really plow the ground and part of the analogy of what our lord jesus is saying he's saying i'm the older stronger ox and you can come and take this burden. I'm going to carry it for you. You can come alongside me. You can walk with me. You can go at this life with me. So the question would be, have we really come to the Lord Jesus? Many a times we will think that our problems are too small for him and we shouldn't actually burden him with this. But we ought to come to him and we need to look at what is our prayer life like. That would be probably the first place to look. Where's my prayer life like before the Lord Jesus? Am I taking his yoke or have I taken on some other kind of a yoke? Have I gone and am I carrying a burden that he has actually not told me in his word that I'm to carry? Am I making other people's problems my problems? Am I allowing myself to be manipulated in this world where I'm taking on far too much strain that actually was not meant to be my strain to carry in the first place? Have I got burdens that I actually haven't laid at the feet of the Lord Jesus? Yeah. You know, and so that would be something to ask and to look at. And so the first place, of course, would be to look at it from a spiritual angle and go, is there something that's not so right with my relationship with the Lord Jesus? Am I coming to him? Am I actually taking on his yoke? Is he carrying this burden with me? But then I would say, and he has a caution that I would bring in, that at times there may even be some medical reason that you feel that way. 
Um, oh, we, serotonin. And yeah, exactly. You know, we, we had a, right. a wonderful friend of ours uh, recently that got, got hold of my wife and was going through some real difficult time. And, and after explaining it, my wife said, well, you know, have you maybe checked out your thyroid? Have you done right. a good test on this? And it turned out that she had some iron deficiency. And having that iron deficiency caused her to lose some hair, to be more impatient, to be... And so sometimes there's actually something physiologically yeah. that can be wrong. Okay. Now, obviously, you want to then look at a, a... Go find a good practitioner that could help you with this. And I'm, I'm not saying that you should just medicate everything. I'm, I'm very um, conservative when it comes to that. There's often natural things that you could look at in your diet, in your exercise. You know, something just as simple as... And I think Christine was talking about this on air a few weeks back. She was talking about walking and how important walking is. You know, maybe put some walking into your life where in the early morning when you've woken up, go and have a walk. Have a walk with the Lord as you walk and pray and as you think and as you meditate. Sometimes our lives are so incredibly busy that we don't take time to, to think upon God's word. And, and you know, if you, maybe you live in a neighborhood that's not that great to walk around. Or maybe get in your car, go to a gated area that's a bit more safe. You know, go and have a walk. If you're in Pretoria, there's many places where you could go and find a place where you can go and have a good walk. Yeah. And, um, and maybe you need to have a good cry. You know, this is, we are physical beings that God is dealing with over time. And he knows exactly how so we Im- are. So important what you're saying now. Because we all wear masks. You walk past somebody, how are you doing? Fine. Yeah. Fine. Yep. And yep. somebody said the other day, you know what fine mean? I said, no. Hey, he says it's fearful, insecure, neurotic, and emotional. I said, my <laughs> goodness gracious, how did you get to that? Hey? And that's often sometimes how we are. And so we, uh, you know, you go and look at, do a study through something like the Psalms. Yeah. A Psalm like Psalm 13, for example, is known as a lament Psalm. Yeah. The Psalmist was incredibly honest with God about how he was feeling. He says, how long, O Lord, how long will this happen? How long will I go through this? trial now the psalmist has a wonderful way of actually turning towards just having good theology that brings him back to a level of sanity but we can be honest with the lord jesus regarding this a passage that comes to mind as well is something like mark 6 verse 31 to 32 the disciples had just gone out on their two by two mission and they had cast out demons and healed sick and you know they were quite chuffed with themselves at the authority <laughs> yeah. that they had. And Jesus said, no, no, don't be so chuffed about that. Be, <laughs> yeah. be, be chuffed that your names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life. But yeah. then he says this to them in Mark 6, and this is something that I think Christians can take heed to as well, that the Lord Jesus even see, he even kn- knew the tiredness of his disciples, and he says this to them, come away by yourselves to a desolate place and rest a while. You know, when last have you heard that? from the scriptures the the bible even highlights rest yeah think for a moment as well and yes and in a desolate place very particular you know and and our lord our lord god and he didn't need to rest because he's god he's all-powerful but the seventh day after creation six days he creates the world and on the seventh day he takes a day to rest and he sets up a pattern for human beings where you ought to have one day out of seven that you rest you know, and so think for a moment, when last did you rest? If you're feeling like you're absolutely just like, I mean, you're pressed to a limit, just think for a moment, did, have I actually been taking rest seriously? Mm. And to lie and, on your couch on a Sunday and watch sport is not resting. No, well, look, I mean, you, you want to just actually put your mind in a place where you can think about the Lord, where you can yeah. worship the Lord, yes. and where you can be with the Lord, yes. and, and just have a stillness with Him. 
and yeah. just honor him as your Lord. And and think for a moment, and, and here's where sometimes we need to be humble enough to recognize if we've been prideful regarding this. Have I been taking no rest thinking that somehow I am more superhuman than even the Lord Jesus? Because even the Lord Jesus got tired and wearied. Yeah. While that storm was on the sea and he's in the boat again, he's sleeping because he was so exhausted by this by the ministry that he was doing. Yeah. We are human beings that need to take the rest that the Lord God gives us. And here the Lord Jesus says, come away for me. And then at the, there's in brackets in that section, Mark 6 verse 31, for there were many people coming and going and they did not even have time to eat. And they went away in the boat to a desolate place by themselves. Jesus took a little bit of a holiday with his disciples. Yeah. Maybe it's time for some people to take a bit of a holiday with the Lord Jesus yeah. and to just go with your Bible you know, into a desolate place, find a place where you can sit. Maybe that's just in your home somewhere where there's a peaceful room. Put the music off. Just be with the Lord and be honest. Be willing to cry. Be willing to pour your heart out before the Lord and let him work in you because he says this in his word. Take him at his word with his promises. Come to me all who are weary and heavy laden. And so you can say, Lord, I'm taking you according to your word. I'm coming to you. And, and I'm, I'm coming to you and I need my soul to be worked on. And Jesus says, take my yoke on you. All it's right. easy. Fantastic. Bless your heart. And I trust that the listener has taken heed of the advice that came through God's word. Psalms 23. Rocky time. Can you believe it? We've literally got three minutes left, my brother. And uh, let's see how many questions. We've still got a number of questions to work through. Let's see how quickly we can uh, go through them and uh, find out if we can answer this one. Right. Somebody says, thank you, friends. Uh, this is how I feel about you all. Please explain to me. Are we allowed to use Psalms 23 or is it only for David. <laughs> yeah, look, um, the, the David doesn't say the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He says the Lord is our shepherd. Yeah. You know, um, and and there's very much, well, there's, there's my, our, etc. But this is something that we see throughout the scriptures, even with John chapter 10. And this is why this would apply to us, because the Lord Jesus actually identifies himself as the good shepherd who lays down his life for the sheep. So this is a theme that the scriptures develop, that God is the shepherd of his sheep, that the Lord Jesus is the shepherd of his sheep. Yeah. And he's the one that um, that gives us rest. Now, the, in David's life, there was a specific way that this played out. Even when he was before his brothers, he was in the field, and Samuel comes out and anoints him yeah. in front of his enemies, sits a table before him. So he sees some of this. But but this is very much the reality of all those that are the sheep of his pasture. And John ten twenty seven, one of my favorite passages, my sheep hear my voice, I know them, they follow me. Yeah. We're his sheep. So if we're his sheep, he is my shepherd. He's he's our shepherd as the sheep of his pasture and we follow him. So you could claim or let's say claim, but um you could use Psalm twenty three very personally for your own self if indeed the Lord Jesus is your shepherd. Yeah. If you have come to him in repentant faith, believing on him, and he is your Lord. Then he died for you at the cross. Then oh, he's right. the good shepherd and you're the sheep. You obviously can't say he's your shepherd when you're actually a goat or a wolf. Yeah, so yeah. That, that would be, I guess, the caveat. If you're still under the deception of the evil one, then yeah. Jesus is not your shepherd. Or, or in, the, in this world. Again, yeah. Yes, if you've been born again, then Psalm 23 is very much 
uh, yours to mm. to to hold. You made a very interesting statement. You said he didn't use the word my in the Afrikaans Bible. I, I think some people would take you up on that. Yes, yes. Uh, and you used the word our. The Afrikaans Bible Bible said the here is my harder nixel, my on Britney. It's used in the yeah, singular. Definitely. I was actually right. getting myself nicely confused with the Lord's <laughs> Prayer and I see that as you were, as you were saying it and as All I thought right. through it. But we so can use it for personal yeah, yeah. For, for reading if, if you are a sheep of his pasture, yeah. then you indeed are are able to claim this as something that that applies to your own soul. And what beauty there is in that! You know, right. I won't want anything. Uh, he makes me to lie down in green pastures, leads me beside still waters, restores my soul. All right. And so, what a wonderful passage to actually think through and to really even go to the Lord in prayer about. And it's such a joy to take the Psalms and to pray through the yeah, Psalms. Fantastic. Um, Rocky, will we have time? We've literally got 30 seconds. Somebody, uh, Joey, asked, why is there such differences about the rapture? Is it possible to do this? Shall we make it stand yes, over yes, for next time, can, or can we answer? We, we, we have touched on the rapture quite a few times before, yeah. and I think that the major reason that there's so many different views of the rapture is that we have a very real enemy, yeah. Satan. Who has always wanted to twist God's word, Slaps add to a it, question mark minus everything. God's word, yeah. and say, "Did God really say?" Yeah. And what is such a joy about the doctrine of the rapture, especially in First Thessalonians and Second Thessalonians, which I'm busy preaching through in, in our evening service at Benoni Bible Church, is that this gives you such hope when you're in a world that's so messy and so dark and so broken. When you know that Jesus is coming again, that He will rapture His church. And that there will be a tribulation for those that are the oppressors of the church, that he will be absolutely just and make everything that's wrong right and make everything that's skewed straight. It gives you such hope to face today. And so the joy of eschatological truth within God's word is that it gives you hope, which when you have that hope gives you peace in your current circumstance. And Satan can't take away your salvation. Once you're born again, you're born again. But what he attacks and what he goes after is your peace. He doesn't want you to have peace. He doesn't want you to have hope. He wants you to feel like the trials that you're going through now will always be the way that life is. Hence the confusion. Hence the confusion. And so he brings about so much twistedness regarding the scriptures to cause people to actually have this alarm. And that's why Paul wrote 2 Thessalonians. Because there were people even in that day that were saying the tribulation is already here. The rapture has already happened. And Paul writes to set it straight. Because... There's those that are in the employment of Satan that seek to destroy the hope and the peace of the Church of Christ. All right. uh, Time is caught up with us. Can you believe it? One hour down the tubes into all eternity and uh, God willing next week we'll uh, start all over again. Thank you so much for all the questions that uh, came in this morning. Mrs. M, thank you so much. Haven't had time to uh, put that into a translator, but bless your heart. Thank you for taking part in the program. I uh, uh, take it that uh, this question was meant for us here. Pastor Rocky, somebody want to send you an email? How did they get hold of you? They can send it at pastor at benonibiblechurch.co.za Pastor at benonibiblechurch.co.za Let us say bye-bye to the young guys. Jason, keep well. God bless. Look after yourself. Be decided. Be strong. Be faithful.
Thank you very much. Yeah, Aiden, you too as well. Thank you for visiting us this morning. Thank you for having me. Yeah, wonderful. Uh, the young men uh, that came with Pastor Rocky this morning, Jason and Aiden. Pastor Rocky, bless your heart. Next week, Tuesday, God willing, we'll be doing it all over again. It's good to listen to us. Now you need to search the scriptures to see if these things are so. Till next week, keep well. God bless you and shalom.